Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. Uh, so today we're going to be going over some data that we cobbled together, and it's all about the relative, well, I guess, the tribes that you're sleeping on. Uh, the tribes whose members are more powerful than like the relative popularity of the tribe would suggest. And to do this, we're looking at two uh, chunks of data, both from EDHREC. And before I, I get into explaining what the data is and, and how we looked at it, uh, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. So if you head on over to patreon.com slash theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now let's talk a bit about this data. So uh, there are very many popular tribes. Uh, tribal decks are, of course, uh, decks that are focused around the synergies surrounding a particular creature type. And what we're looking at today is the tribes rank on EDHREC. If you go to edhrec.com slash tribes, you'll see uh, many, many creature types listed out, and you'll see exactly how many decks people have built focusing on that theme. And what we're comparing that to is the sum of the EDH rec ranking for the top 30 individual cards in each tribe. So for example, uh, the human tribe, if you sum up the EDH rec score for the the most popular 30 humans, uh, you're going to get 11,590. And a smaller EDH rec score is better because, of course, you know, Soul Ring or whatever is number one. Uh, but humans are the fifth most popular tribe according to EDH rec. So you can see there's a, a slight disconnect there. Um, humans are, are the most powerful tribe if you, based on the sum of the EDH rec individual scores, uh, but they're a little bit lower in that tribe ranking. So we're going to be really focusing on the outliers. Uh, the So like humans being number one by individual ranking versus number five by tribe ranking, that's not a huge disparity. Um, but some of these tribes we're going to be looking at today are way off base. Uh, like we've got several members of like the top five tribes. If you look at individual, like some of individual card rankings, that are not even, you know, in the top 30 tribes on EDH rec. We really want to take a look and see, and especially we want to look at the ones where the tribal rankings are lower than the individual card power level suggests, because this indicates that people aren't playing these this tribe as a tribal deck nearly as often as they quote unquote should. So if you're interested in tribal decks, uh, if you are, are trying to figure out what tribe might be fun to build around or, or like secretly powerful, this is the episode for you. And we are going to like be doing a little bit of analysis because I, I think there are some reasonable explanations for why certain creature types don't see a lot of tribal decks. Um, but some of these are just like clearly underplayed. And so we'll be exploring them in more depth. So number one that we're going to start talking about is druids. So. Based on the sum of EDH rec scores or EDH rec rankings for individual druid cards, uh, it is the third best tribe. 
Uh, druids are just like extremely popular. There are a lot of powerful druids that see play across a ton of decks. Uh, so you would expect that they would be relatively high in the tribal rankings. However, that is not the case. Uh, druids are 38th in the EDHREC tribe rankings, as opposed to, again, third in individual card power level by tribe. So big disparity there. Uh, let's talk a bit about the, the Druid tribe. Uh, they do, in fact, have a supportive commander in Seton Crozen Protector. Uh, Seton Crozen Protector is green, green, green for a 2-2 Centaur Druid. And it says, Druids you control have tap, or rather, tap an untapped Druid you control, add green to your mana pool. So it sort of adds like a mana generation ability to all your druids and it's it's worth noting that Seton is mono green the color identity of the best druids is overwhelmingly green out of the top 30 uh, more than 20 of them are green uh, but let's talk a bit so you'd, you'd think that like Seton and Seton tribal druids uh, would be relatively popular but that's not what we're seeing so Zach, do you want to lead into some of the barriers to success for this tribe and like why we think druids might be underplayed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the first big thing to talk about, and I think one of the things that probably, especially people who are maybe more casual who look at um, like the options when it comes to druids, see is that they see Seton as like the only commander really like the only mainly viable commander and they go oh well what did the druids do and then they all make mana <laughs> mm-hmm. so Seton isn't really like pushing the tribe in any direction like most of the best druids already are mana dorks so just basically like the discount that you're getting that Seton provides is like not much better than just playing druids as normal like he does give them like pseudo haste which is kind of cool but like that's not very and my my guess is that's not very enticing to most people so i think that's the first thing is that just not a very like attractive primary commander if you were going to want to do something like this so if you discount the mana dorks that are tapping for one mana and the druids outside of Sitan's color identity the like total edh rec ranking of the decks still puts them in like 16th place so like looking at this like the numbers are still like very much on the side of like these should be played a little bit more but like the that little unsexy bit right there is probably like not good and then the last bit is like Seton himself uh, and th- this is something that I've noticed about just commanders in general i mean he's old he's 20 years old at this point which is kind of wild to say <laughs> out loud <laughs> um because I remember opening him in packs of cards. People just don't usually look back, especially in the age of perpetual hype. You're There's always something new being forced in front of your face, and it's not that many like Magic players that take the time to look back at the options that already exist. So let's say like in five years from now, people are going to be like looking at like Dina Soulsteeper as like a a come up, you know, like a, a commander they didn't expect to like see out in the wild when to like any of us listen like the listeners out there you and me nick like that's not that crazy it was pretty recent it was a pretty like popular card to talk about or to combo with like so push that back 20 years and all of a sudden 
almost like hardly anyone remembers him, let alone is like going to try and build around him. Yeah. I, I think I, hipsters. I think I heard a stat that 57% of all commanders were printed in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you say about just like the speed of releases of new commanders definitely deters people from looking back through the archives uh, to see what's there. And and also agree that like Sutton is not the best tribal commander because what you really want is like something that is synergistic with what druids are already doing and they're already great at adding mana. That's not a problem for them. So he's not giving you a huge reason to build around this tribe. Yeah. So I think what we're going to end up seeing happen is like sometime in the future, Wizards is going to come together and realize like, damn, there's a lot of druids and they don't have a home and commander and give them a home and commander. Because we, it's not like we haven't seen legendary creatures that are druids. They just don't lean into the tribal. Like the last um, last few months, we got like Halson Emerald Arch Druid, which is uh, one of the choosers. Um, but it just makes your tokens bears, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that's not a very druidy thing to do. Uh, and every now and then when we do get like a legendary druid, they're usually um, something like a Faldorn, you know, like something that's like pushing in some dir- like a nature mage that's pushing some direction as opposed to like uh, put all your druids into this deck or something like that. Um, Emoti Celebrant of Bounty is like another one where. If you remember that from Commander Legends, it was a blue-green druid that gives your big spells cascade. So, yeah, it's just we haven't quite gotten to the point where, like, like honestly, this is what Jasmine Boreal could have been, you know, when we got Jasmine Boreal of the Seven in the um, revamped Legends Legends. Um, instead of, it, uh, can you imagine if instead of weird vanilla tribal, we had gotten, like, a a druid commander (laughs) like yeah that would have been pretty good especially in green white like she is like that would have been almost perfect you know like you'd just be missing out on some of the naya ones but oops so yeah i think uh this is definitely something that is powerful if listeners want to build it even though like the standout commander is pretty pretty boring you could also use one of the kamals if you really wanted because they're like decent mana sinks but then like you're not exactly doing what yeah you don't have to use druids at that point yeah exactly then it's not like it just so happens that some druids are good in this deck because they tap for three plus or something like not so much that it's a druid tribal list Mm -hmm. so oops well i think it it is good that at the very least we identified that there is an opportunity you know for wizards here uh to print a better druid tribal commander to sort of take advantage of all the infrastructure that is clearly in place. Yeah. Um, but I think with that, we can move on to the next tribe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this next one is constructs. And uh, if you look at the EDH tribe rankings or the EDH rec tribe rankings, uh, it is actually number 70. Uh, it is pretty far down there. Um but the in terms of like the sum of the individual card quality, uh, it's actually not doing so bad. It's um, a respectable 20th place. 
So uh, there are, but of course, I think it has a couple disadvantages. Um, there is no explicitly supportive commander for constructs, uh, but there are a couple of artifact creature tribal commanders. There's things like Alibu, uh, Loshiel, um, Urza Chief Artificer, which is the new uh, precon Urza that's going to be coming in um, Brothers, Brothers War. War yeah. yeah. Um, and they also have an advantage in that they are uh, over, or they have an advantage in that they're overwhelmingly colorless. So it's not too difficult to, I mean, you can fit them into any deck. You could do construct tribal in almost any color identity, um, which is pretty convenient. So like anytime they print a good construct tribal commander, or if you want to use the existing ones, like you don't have to worry about like, oh, this tribal commander is this color, but all my constructs are X color. Not an issue here. Um, but tell us what you think are some of the major barriers to success for the construct tribe. Yeah. So constructs are like, honestly, incredibly cool, right? Like I think one of the things about constructs is that most artifact creatures like could reasonably be considered as constructs. So they're, as long as it's like a jumble of things put together or like a little robotic man, like you can put construct on it. It makes flavor sense. And like, you can kind of go to town with whatever it's doing. But I think one of the reasons that, uh, they're not super high up in this ranking is that they can just put construct on anything. And a lot of the times it's like a limited overcosted four drop or something, you know, like, a two four for four for a limited environment or something. So a lot of constructs aren't very high power. Um, and the, being that they're colorless and like you can put them in every deck, they're very, very cautious with most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever we do get a good construct, it's usually very, very niche. It's something like when electrostatic pummeler was like a standard deck or something like that. But as people listening know, like uh, energy is still not a very good thing in Commander right now. So uh, Electrostatic Pummeler is not a standout Commander card. Um, there are some really good ones like Foundry Inspector and things like that. Uh, Hangerback Walker is obviously like one of the stronger ones. Walking Ballista walking is a great Ballista. Outlet, outlet for mm-hmm. infinite mana. Yeah, Cold Oath of Forge Master. But for every Cold Oath of Forge Master, there's like seven like... Uh, I don't know, marching duo drones mm-hmm. where like it's a two, two for two when it attacks, everyone gets a treasure, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not too worried about like the bad members of the tribe dragging it down. Cause like, you know, when we do these rank plan, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it, it got into 20th place on the strength of like its best members. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like too much of an issue, but I do agree that like, it is it's kind it's relatively rare when we get good new constructs because they don't want to concentrate a lot of power into uh, a creature type that can traditionally go in any deck yeah absolutely um and and i think that's actually your that's the next point about this is that like because constructs are colorless and they can go in a lot of decks like people are more looking like their visibility is reduced because of that so, like, if you're building an artifact deck, you might end up with a lot of constructs, but, like, that doesn't mean you're a construct deck. Like, you're probably looking at, like, the broader picture 
as opposed to the fact that like, oh, well, uh, I can get this loop going with this Rato sent- Sentinel or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like, like the fact that it's a creature type construct might get like washed out in just the, uh, the whatever's going on. Your scrap trawler works just as well in a generic artifact deck as it does in any other artifact deck or a, a specifically a construct deck. So, yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. I think there is like, literally one construct tribal card uh as opposed to many 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 rewards for running just any artifact so i i think constructs definitely get subsumed into broader artifact decks because like why limit yourself to this creature type for almost no benefit when you can limit yourself to this card type and just get a lot of cool stuff Mm -hmm. so that one Kind of makes sense. Uh, I I think that it's understandable why contract constructs haven't uh, gotten too much love, but I think that there is still an opportunity here. Like a good construct tribal commander um, would have a lot of ammunition for it. Uh, I think it just has to have the right design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one is really just I think waiting for a com- as soon as a commander works with constructs like your scrapyard recombiners, your scrap trawler, you know, like all these like really good constructs that people talk about are going to probably get expensive. <laughs> You're like steel <laughs> overseers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, well, not to mention a uh, metal worker happens to be a construct. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if it has any colors, like that'll also boost the price of other ones. Like if it's blue, you're like thought monitors and possibly like torrential gear hulks and shit. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. stuff. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And uh, other stuff like that are going to go up in in price. So that just something in the modern age of magic to think about, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like sometimes a good commander comes out and um, the market artificially inflates something for a few months and you either got to pay the pay the price or wait until people forget about it. So. All right. Well, I'm crossing my fingers that uh, Brothers War introduces a sweet construct tribal commanders. Yes, much better than the the Peregrine Dynamo or whatever that guy was. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. Be, be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, I think we can move on to the next creature type. Uh, this is a really, really good type. Uh, and I, I think this one's a little bit harder to explain as to like why we're seeing this disparity between the, the quality of the cards and the ranking of the tribe. But this is Shamans. So... Uh, shamans are actually the fifth most powerful tribe if you're counting by the the individual edh rec rankings of sham of the top 30 shaman cards um but in terms of the ranking of the tribe as a whole uh, they are in 59th place on edh rec so really not getting nearly as much love as you would expect given the quality of the cards um but let's talk a little bit about sort of how they're positioned so they have one supportive commander. Uh, it is Sachi, daughter of Sashiro. And this is actually a pretty good commander. We've talked about her in the past. Uh, I like her a lot. She's two green green for a 1-3 legendary creature snake shaman. Other snakes you control get plus one plus O. And shamans you control have tap, add green green to your mana pool. Uh, so that's a pretty significant uh, mana generation ability. Especially like if you kind of drop a bunch of shamans in the turns leading up to her and then play her and suddenly got another six mana or something to, to do stuff with. Uh, I, I think she's fantastic, but um, 
it is worth noting she has a mono green color identity, but the best shamans uh, are concentrated in green and red and a little bit in black. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unlike say druids, um, there's not quite as good of a match between the power level of the strongest or, or rather the color identity of the strongest shamans and the color identity of the the one shaman tribal commander that we have. Um, but tell us a little bit more about the, the barriers to success. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the shamans have like a few, I think you hit the first one on the head, which is just, they're pretty far scattered, right? So you're, you got some pretty good shamans across the board and they're just, unless we get like a Jund shaman commander, you're going to be leaving stuff out, you know, and even then you're still going to be missing some stuff. Naya had some decent shamans um, in uh, the cabaretti had some shamans. You might want to play like stuff like that. Like, so the first thing is like color identity. Oops. Like that's going to be tough. The, the second thing is really just the best shamans in general are red. So if you're, in a shaman deck or they do end up making a shaman commander that like doesn't have red in particular, it's going to feel really bad. <laughs> like you're just going to be missing out on so much. You're like Kiki Jiki, your flamekin harbinger, your um, what's another red shaman. That's like really nuts. There's um, I know there's a bunch of them, but the, you're, you're like a goblin and archimancer. Did yeah, you mention that one? Goblin and archimancer rage. Pretty good. Caster. What's the one, the one three prowess that everyone plays now? The Oh, harmonic prodigy. Harmonic prodigy. Yes. There you go. Heartless Hitsugu. Like these are some like really heavy hitting cards that do a lot of work in decks that you can put them in. And if you could put them all in the same deck, <laughs> it would oh. be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I-, I will mention harmonic prodigy it does have like give you shaman tribal effects but is it is itself a wizard oh it is a wizard okay yeah oops i thought i was a shaman too i mean you Um, would still put it in the shaman deck happily but yeah i would i would still do that so that's one thing just color identity uh, with the sub caveat of like especially red you'd especially want one Mm -hmm. and then the other one is is kind of similar to seton where like sachi herself is 18 years old at this point so again people probably just aren't looking back that far um and again when we do get new shamans they're always role fillers they're like the merfolk misbinders they're um like lozan dragon's legacy from baldur's gate is the four two five mana flying blue red dragon that deals damage when you cast adventures and dragons like not a very shamany centric card you know so they end up being because shamans are like a pretty generic kind of creature type. They end up being role players and limited. They end up like fitting into spaces where like, oh, we want someone who like speaks to ancestors or someone who's connected to like this uh, wider practicing uh, magic or something like that, you know, like some kind of spiritual magic. So let's put a shaman on it. And then uh no thought really as like, oh, we've done this a lot of times. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we should unite the the banner. Like put put the banner up that we can unite all of these creatures under. So yeah, it is a good, uh, or rather, it is. Um, it leads me to be optimistic that shaman is like one of the five mage types that they've established. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, uh. 
essentially like every color has like its kind of mage and they kind of they, they bleed a little bit sometimes like for example white has clerics although that can bleed into black uh, blue has wizards that can bleed into red a little bit um, black has warlocks uh, red has shamans as kind of its type although that can bleed into green yeah. and then green has druids which it doesn't really share with anyone um, so like as long as uh, Watsi like continues to keep that structure in place of like these are the five mage types I think that makes it more likely that in the long term we're going to see supportive tribal commanders for all of them so the fact that like two of the types we mentioned on this list um are among those five mage types like makes me hopeful that shamans and druids will see some more support at some point in the future yeah absolutely and there's so many there's so many good ones and mm-hmm. they, they just keep printing more like silverback alder was a shaman like so if you yeah can, if you can spend the 20 bucks or whatever 17 bucks on a silverback shaman all of a sudden boom something good and that's not even like going into like the smoke braiders you know and mm-hmm. stuff like that that oh well, i guess smoke bridge is only elementals oops um but you know like soul bright flamekins and mana generators that you can do a lot of like tricksy things with mm-hmm. so um i guess with that do you want to move on to this next one this next one's really cool <laughs> yes uh and you may this may be a little bit familiar to you as we end up the reasons for why it hasn't uh, been too successful. Uh, so next we're going to be talking about artificers. So in terms of the quality of its cards, the sum of the individual EDH rec rankings for its top 30 members puts it at number 24 of all creature types. So pretty solid. Um, but in terms of the ranking of the tribe on EDH rec, it is in 72nd place so very far down there compared to where you would think it would end up um and the reason for that is well we'll get into that in a second but currently there are no supportive commanders for artificers there's no legendary creature out there that explicitly rewards you for playing this type um and then in terms of color identity of the best artificers they tend to be concentrated primarily in blue and red and a little bit in white. Um, but tell us about the the barriers to success for artificers besides the fact that there just isn't a supportive commander. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, the biggest one, I think, is just that they're typically just... There's not really a reason to focus on artificers when there's a reason to focus on artifacts. So artificers tend to be like eaten up into the artifact decks and uh, not made as visible as the artifacts themselves that they're typically made to, to bolster. Um, so that's the big one, like visibility on them pretty, um, pretty low <laughs> compared to some other tribes. And the fact that like artificers, um, require artifacts to work is is a benefit i think in a lot of ways like it, i think that's a cool flavorful thing like it's an ab mechanic that flavorfully makes a lot of sense um but because of that they like if you think about like what your favorite artificer is like what are you gonna say you're gonna the list is gonna be pretty short because you might not realize how many of these creatures are artificers like 
from the get-go, you're going to say like maybe like Arkham Daxon or something, right? And you might say Goblin Welder, Goblin Goblin Welder. You might say Blade Splicer, like a chief engineer or something. And then like, what is after? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like what is the next one that you talk about? Like maybe you remember like Enthusiastic Mechanaut or Felden of the Third Path, but like they're not very like headliney cards often right like they're usually role players uh i i don't think i can answer that question mm, to well i i don't think i'm the target audience because i actually just built an artifact deck and so yeah oh i know i know all the good artificers but yeah maybe the average person isn't super aware (laughs) because you're right it's not like a an obvious type because you're not really getting rewarded for it too often yeah which is yeah you and me definitely know them i know i'm all the way down to mall splicer and stuff like that like like i'm i'm sitting here i'm looking i'm waiting but um and i think that that's another thing that needs to be said like artificers basically exist at this point in all five colors um like you said they're concentrated into specifically like blue and red but like white as white has gotten more artifact synergies especially like um uh graveyard reanimation stuff and equipment themes and stuff like that uh we keep getting more like ingenious smiths uh we keep getting low shields which is a good thing you know i think like it's good to have um these like loose synergies in different ways your oswald fiddlebenders and whatnot in different colors so uh, i think that's one of the things that's going to be hardest for um an artificer commander you know is the banner that is going to go on, is it just going to be red, blue? Is it going to be Jeskai? You know, like what, what is going to be the best color? I, my guess is Jeskai, but then you're missing out on some pretty cool ones. Some like Sly Requisitioners and, um, Painsmiths, you know, like there's some cool, uh, Marionette Masters. Marionette Master is a pretty sick one. Yeah. Yeah. That you're going to miss out on because of that. Um, also you just miss out on some of the good artifacts. If you're, Because like, uh, man, I would, Bolus's Citadel is a pretty <laughs> compelling artifact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's true with like green too. Like you, you're just, there's no matter what color that we settle on for, or like wizard settles on as if I have any say in like what they end up making. But like, <laughs> uh, no matter what colors get settled on for an artificer commander, like you're going to miss out on some stuff or some cool artifacts or a piece of equipment or whatnot, especially now in the age of like, they're pretty okay with printing artifacts with colors in their identity um so yeah uh i think that's that's it for artificers i think do you want to do you want to get into this next tribe and we can kind of do like a you know review kind of thing sure yeah Um, tribes at large okay uh so the next tribe and and the last tribe we're going to be talking about today is beasts um Yeah. (laughs) yeah Uh, so beasts, if you take the individual rankings on EDH rec for the top 30 beasts, uh, you end up in, or, well, beasts ends up in 23rd place out of all the tribes. Uh, but if you look at the, the tribes ranking on EDH rec, which is, you know, based, of course, on the number of decks built around that tribe, um, it ends up in 53rd place. So significant difference there i think and uh i'll I'll briefly talk about some of the the characteristics of the tribe and then i'll let you take it away with barriers to success Uh, they do in fact have a supportive commander uh, although it's a bit of an oddball and (laughs) uh, that commander is kahira the orphan guard 
which is one generic and then hybrid green-white, hybrid green-white, so three mana total, for a 3-2 legendary creature cat beast. It has companion, but that doesn't really matter. Um, It has vigilance, and each other creature you control that's a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast gets plus one plus one and has vigilance. So it's not just a beast tribal commander. It's also cat tribal, elemental tribal, nightmare tribal, dinosaur tribal. Um, and because it's it's trying to be kind of something for everyone, uh, it kind of, well, I'll let you get into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's trying to be something for everyone. And, and beast is just one of many who are getting boosted by this card. Yeah. So I, before we even get into like the the things about beasts is that I, I have a feeling that like if beasts ever do get a supportive commander that like a lot of the beasts that we see, because a lot of things just kind of default to beast mm-hmm. um, would absolutely. It, go there was a, yeah, there was a very long period of time where it's just like it, almost every kind of animal was just a beast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still, and they still tack it on to things like I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but uh, so the first big thing about beasts, like they're mostly green. Um, so, and, the, and they're a lot of times like limited end toppers, like curve toppers. So the average mana value of beasts is very large. <laughs> yes. There's, there's not, a lot of like low MV beasts out in the world. The average uh, mana value of the top 30 beasts is 4.9. So like uh, you, you gotta be able to play things before turn five in commander these mm-hmm. days. Like, like even if you're just setting up, like you got to, it's, it's just not really feasible anymore to sit there for five turns. Um, someone is going to hit you or like someone's going to trample you with a bunch of snakes or bunnies or, you know, like something is going to happen. Uh, and so you got to get on board a little bit sooner than turn five these days. Um, and then something that's like really a big that you kind of hit on with the Kahira thing is like, there just aren't any tribal commanders that are addressing this problem with this tribe. So there are some commanders that are beasts, uh, and there are some commanders that reference beasts, but they don't have anything to do with like helping beasts. The tribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the tribe itself. And part of that is because it's really hard to like unless you specifically are choosing something like the Naya five power greater beasts or something like that. Like unless you really narrow your focus down beasts are all over the place because the the cultivator colossus is a beast just like cryptic analid from a like time spiral block that scries one two and then three so like what do these two things have in common well they're not a normal like creature they're definitely not a dog or a human or like a cow you know like an ox or something so i guess it's a beast um like displacer kitten is a beast you know like so the tribe itself is so jumbled mechanically about what it's doing um that it is kind of hard to unify them under one thing other than the really obvious like green give them trample which i think would be like the easiest like uncommon legend version of a beast commander that we would get you know 
Oh, I just um, want to see like a commander that helps you ramp him out. Like, that's... yeah, that would be the like like a human from Ikoria that uh, helps your beast cost less or something, or like has some tricksy thing that like if you do this, your beast costs you less this turn or something. That would be like pretty fun and cool because I think one of the best parts about this tribe is that they have a lot of tribal synergies because they just have a lot of different things they can do, like. You can sit there with like fat beats with your like hysterions and your hydroid crises and whatnot, or you could like do something kind of tricky. Like a lot of beasts care about spells like kiln fiends and whatnot. So you, there are so many ways that they could take this tribe and like do something cool with it and have multiple types of beast commanders that are building in a specific like niches that let you use certain cards. So I just hope that they start doing that. I I really hope that we do end up seeing something that works with beasts a little bit better, helps you cast them a little bit easier, uh, rewards you for putting them in your deck in a way that is like actually good enough to sit down at a table with your friends and not like just feel bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) as the, as they get to do stuff and you just are kind of sitting there with your like bad five mana five fives you know (laughs) so that's that's beasts in a nutshell they're like very cool there's a million of them they're in all the colors mostly like green and red but um they but yeah we just someone's got to unite the beasts you know something's gonna happen yeah i mean i hope that with the i mean given the the pace at which they're releasing new commanders the appetite for new commander designs is very high uh and i hope that means that they will address some of these gaps at some point in the future but uh mm-hmm. we're just here to point them out and pray that we'll, we'll get an answer soon yeah definitely it's yeah it i just there's so many things you could do that are so cool with peace like there's so many versions of like stampede stampeding wild beasts uh so you could do some cool like if, if you Imagine there was a beast commander that like made your beast cheaper and like the things you could do looping these like ETB abilities or whatever. Like there, there's so many ways to that they could capitalize on this. So I'm, I'm just really hoping that they do in fact end up one day capitalizing on beasts and the, the cool things they can do. But that kind of gets us to the end of the tribes we're going to talk about on this episode. So I guess looking at this like what's something that you would say is uh stood out to you about the data like why why do you think some tribes are like way more popular do you think it's specifically like the members do you think it's the colors do you think it's mechanics like what what do you what's your hypothesis there uh so i have a a couple guesses i think that for the most part um you know the quality of the tribe tracks with the quality of the tribe or of the like individual members yeah Yeah. um but you know it is worth noting that well or my theory is that the more options you release for tribal commanders for a tribe uh, the more popular that tribe is going to be um like just by the 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 ranking of its members um dragons aren't that i mean they're in the top 10 but they're like number eight or something but I think part of the reason that they are the most popular tribe on EDH rec is, well, I mean, it's a little bit of like a 
positive like feedback loop but they they have a million try like explicitly tribal commanders you know you've got mirim you've got the ur dragon you've got rivaz of the claw you've got sign of the ur dragon you've got lathless dragon queen uh you've got atarko world render you've just got so so many options i'm i'm still not done listing them off um that i think that really does boost the tribe significantly um and so i i would hope that at some point wizards like looks at some of the tribes that have existing tribal commanders and maybe thinks about like oh i know we've checked this box but maybe we could do another crack at it maybe we can make something that's even better or maybe we can just give people different options so that they can explore a different aspect of this tribe like some of the the tribes we mentioned today that people are kind of sleeping on you know like uh Seton druids or sachi shamans um I, th- I think there is room in both cases for more tribal commander options and m- maybe part of the reason that the the tribes that are doing so well because like wizards has taken a couple swings at it and even if one misses eventually they'll get a hit that like really explodes the the tribe and makes it popular yeah i'm really expecting like like this is what i was hoping a lot of the commander like set booster cards were would be or like things like this like i totally get that in a standard set it's hard to do something like a tribal commander unless like the set is kind of pushed around that like it's easy to put a few tribal cards in a set. So like, if you look at like Dominaria United, they had the cycle of like the soldier Lords and the elf Lords and the goblin Lords and whatever, because it's for a 60 card. You can play four of them, whatever. It's super easy, but it's hard to be like, here is this commander that deals with the tribe. And then like, they're just, what if there just aren't enough of the tribe in draft to like make it work? Like, so you have like a logistics problem in a standard set but then we got these like these set booster cards you know it's like okay cool we're getting some designs specifically for commander that weren't in the commander set which is kind of cool and nice we haven't done that before so they can be anything and it's like oh wow anything this sounds great and then we get like the paragraph to bring that up again like like why i don't understand like what they're doing i think some things like the yoshimaru or not Yoshimaru, what's the the dog, the partner, like, when they do those one-off partners. When they oh, do, I think like, it is Yoshimaru, things, yeah. It is Yoshimaru? Yeah. Yeah, like, that kind of stuff, like, that's, that's cool, you know, like, sometimes they're a hit, or, like, the Goshintai, like, you just can't really put that in a standard set, and it'll do anything, and you can only have so many rares in a standard set that don't do anything <laughs> for, like, limited or standard itself, Um, that I think that was a great place to put that, you know, like, this was a, obviously a card that wanted to be printed it's obviously like a tribe that really people like liked to play with and we'd gotten a bunch of new members and stuff like that so goshintai boom in the set makes sense and then compare that to i don't know like what were some of the dominary united ones the the they actually did pretty good with that because we had baru worm speaker green sleeves uh, we had the Archer uh, Tribal Commander. The Archer. We had Mahale, the like Merfolk one. So mm-hmm. I guess for the most part, they did pretty good. The activated Sleeper is weird. Or is that in the set too? 
Uh, I think that one was in the set. That one's in the set. Manor Rig, though, that was just the one where you're oh, like... Oh, wait, actually, hold on. I think you're right. Activated Sleeper was the clone, the thing that died this turn. Oh, yeah, that was in um, DMC. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, just like some weird ones, but the, it's like, why Why do that? Or like when they're underpowered... Oh, my assumption is that something like Historian's Boon is underpowered. If you have played with Historian's Boon... Which is a four man enchantment from DMU Commander. So DMC, it's three and a white. When a historian's boon or another non token enchantment is a battlefield, you get a one one soldier. And then whenever you hit the final chapter of a saga, you get a four four uh, white angel with flying. It, if this has been good for anyone, tell me because it seems like pretty underwhelming. <laughs> like, from my, like, you could just play, uh, what's that one from Confluence and just get a four four off the bat you know not wait three to plus oh, turns you know the sigil of the empty throne yeah exactly yeah. like yeah, yeah. i could play sigil of the empty throne for five and get a bunch of flyers instead of this four mana one have maybe some chumps and then every now and then get a flyer <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know yeah, i don't know it seems not good yeah we're getting off topic yeah uh, topic yeah yeah but i i think that like I hope that we see more things like the DMC box toppers to fill in some of these archetypes um, and just like be able to uh, create new options for commanders that don't really have anything to do with the set and its mechanics. But yeah, so let us know like some of your favorite tribes. If you're listening to this, Um, are there any tribes that you wish had a tribal commander? Um, are there any tribes that you think are really flavorful that like haven't gotten like a fair shot or is there anything that you wish had like a better second shot you know <laughs> dinosaurs <clears throat> uh, <laughs> like let us know and uh, we, we can th- there's pretty much infinite tribal content in commander it's such like a broad category Um, and I want to stay up to date on like what to look out for in the future too you know so every anytime you talk to us and like involve us in your thoughts and feelings and things that helps the podcast just as much as it might help all of you listening to stuff like this so yeah i think that we'll definitely return to this data set in the future and other uh like slices of the format to try to get a view on how tribes are doing in the future um because you know it's a very interesting thing for me. I think it's just a super easy way to inject new archetypes into the format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, it's just infinite. There's just, you could have, think, think of all the different ways you could have like a dog commander, you know, or like a cat commander, like all the flavorful things you could do that would make that fun. So, Oh yeah, I know dogs are so desperate for a new option, but oh, we'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not popular. You need, need a few more dogs, you know, gotta, mm. gotta get a few more dogs in there. Um, Anyway, uh, that's it for now. Do you want to wanna say goodbye to everybody? Yes. Uh, before we go, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, James, Logan, Roger, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Fugarudel, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Mifflin, Jean-Francois, Drew, Recta, Nick, BJ, Cameron, Valerio, Zach, Quincy, Carrie, Stephen, and the Longs. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commandotheory. 
Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Commander Theory. And on Twitter, I am at Fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, You can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.